Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Today's podcast episode is going to be amazing. I'm interviewing Neen James. She is an attention coach and an executive leadership coach. She speaks around the world. I saw her speak and I just knew I had to have her on the show. We're going to talk about what is important to focus on, especially after the pandemic or during the pandemic time, and how do we remain undistracted? How, where do we focus our attention and how do we reduce the sense of overwhelm as a small business owner? She's going to drop some great tips. And we had a great conversation. You're going to want to take notes. She's delightful. She's spoken to audiences around the world. And it was actually named uh, one of the top 30 leadership speakers by Global Guru a couple years in a row. She's worked with companies like Viacom, Comcast, Virtuoso, Travel, but she also has a special place in her heart for small business and entrepreneurs. They call her the Energizer Bunny for speaking, which I think is great. So anyway, let's get started with the show. Well, hello, welcome back to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pia Larson, and I'm super excited today to have Neen James on the show. She is the energizer bunny of speaking, and she's cute as hell, and I met her through Heroic Public Speaking, and I just saw her, and I said, if I ever have a podcast, I need her to be on my podcast. She has so much energy. Welcome to my show. So glad to have you. G'day. Well, I love what you're doing in the world, Pia. I think it is so neat that you can help all of these entrepreneurs with these amazing quick ideas they can implement immediately. So I fully yeah. support what you're trying to do in the world, honey. It's my privilege to be here. Thank you so much, Neen. So I have listened to so many of your stories. So for those who have not taken the Neen train, can you tell them, I want to know how you got into this? How did you get into speaking and executive coaching and talking about time implementation? Can you give us a little rundown? I can. And, you know, I didn't even know that speaking was an actual job. So I, yeah. yeah, I was a corporate girl. I grew up in corporate business in Australia. I worked in retail banking, telecommunications, and the oil industry. And at the time, there were not a lot of senior chicks in oil. But as an executive strategist, I'm obsessed with getting the world to pay attention. And I'm sure many of your listeners can understand that because businesses, we marketing is like an attention business, right? And so I was so mm -hmm. obsessed with this idea of how do you get companies to pay more attention so they can make more money? How do you get people to pay attention so they can have deeper relationships? And how do we take care of the planet on which we live, right? So that's mm -hmm. really what drove me. But what I noticed in my career here was that people who got things done got promoted. And so 
here in the U.S., because I'm an Australian, but I also became an American citizen, so I have a global perspective and a local perspective, I realized that a lot of the challenges that my clients were facing were there was never enough hours in the day, or there was so mm-hmm. much to do they didn't know where to focus first, or they had these amazing goals, they just didn't know how to achieve them. Well, I fixed that. And so what I realized was, which was not actually my genius, it was someone else's, When someone approached me and said, you know, you should be a professional speaker. And I remember saying, can you make any money doing that? Like I was, (laughs) apparently you can. There's a whole industry dedicated to this. And so I started to get asked to speak at best practice conferences and industry events. And so, yeah, I left my corporate job, started my own shop. And here we are 20 years later. So entrepreneurs have a very dear spot in my heart because I know what it's like to try and get everything done in your own business. And a a lot of my clients are corporate. So I have this wonderful balance where I still get to play in corporate, which is what I love, but I also can bring an entrepreneurial perspective to them to help them be able to, you know, overcome this overwhelm. People are overstressed or overtired. They're over COVID at the time of recording, right? So that's who knew it was even a real job. And the executive strategy work when I'm on with clients I get invited to work with a lot of C-suite because they need a confidential, trusted advisor. And because I have so many phenomenal, great clients and I work at such a senior level, I can take all that knowledge and help them on a daily basis. And and you're also not just helping them as an individual, but as a leader, because not right. only do you have to train them to focus on what's important, but then they have to help their team focus on what's important, right? Exactly. And when you think about your energy that you bring into any environment is contagious. I need a new word of contagious is not the right analogy at this point. <laughs> I know, not, not in this day and age, right? I might need to repeat <laughs> that, but you get the idea. Think of like your energy is like dropping a pebble in a pond. It has a ripple effect. So I work a lot with leaders because it's not just about the way they show up. It's about how they show up to serve their team and then how their mm-hmm. team shows up to serve the end user, patient, client, member, association person, like whatever it is. And so I think if you can start to have a greater impact at that very senior leadership level, it can cascade through the organization. And so whoever's listening to this, whether you're a corporate person or an entrepreneur, maybe you're a thought leader, all of the things that I do with all of those different industries still helps people just focus on what is most important and getting that done. So I can hear the audience's brain, uh, the wheels turning, and they're probably saying the same thing I am because I'm an entrepreneur and I have a small business. So yes, I know I can't manage time. No, nope. We all know that. Time is the new asset, right? We, we have the same amount of everyone else, but... Yes. One of the things, Pia, that I, I wrote this book a bazillion years ago, which I'm happy to gift to every one of your listeners. I'll make sure that I get you a PDF copy. You can put yep. it in the show notes, my gift to you. But when I was researching this book, Folding Time, Pia, I realized you can't manage time. Time management is actually a stupid idea. Now, time mm-hmm. management before email, before social media, sure. Before the internet, sure. Now, not so much. You can't manage time, but you can manage your attention. And that's what I think Mm. our listeners have to think about. And think about marketing. Marketing, you're in the attention business. And as an entrepreneur, you need to market to get the attention of the people you want to serve, right? It's not negotiable. So you have to work out. It's not about managing your time. It's definitely about being accountable for your time. But it is about managing your attention. That's where entrepreneurs need to be more focused because 
we wear every hat. We do the accounting, we empty the trash, we do the business development, we do the delivery. And so it's very easy for us to get stuck in the busy and not actually the strategic. So how do you decide what to focus on? What are some of the questions that our audience can ask themselves so they can start to really think about and be intentional with their time? So another book that might be interesting is one of our books called Attention Pays. We talk in here that there's really three ways you can pay attention. People may want to write this down. The first way we pay attention here is personal attention, which is who deserves your attention. This is very much about being thoughtful. We all know that there are people in our life that we love and adore. They're always going to get our attention, especially if something happens to them, right? So personal attention is number one. The second way we pay attention is professional attention. This is about what deserves your attention. This is about being productive. So chances are, if you're a business owner, you have particular revenue targets that you're working towards, or you have an impact you want to make in a community, but you have some metrics of some kind, right? KPIs, Mm -hmm. performance indicators, whatever you want to call them. So you have to think about what is driving that. So that's about being productive. And the third way we pay attention is global attention, which is really how you pay attention in the world. This is about being a contributor. So you may have as an entrepreneur a hundred different ways you can invest your time in just one hour. When I was researching this book, one of the other things that kind of concerned me, and I think this is especially important for entrepreneurs, is that I found that we make on average between 23 and 38,000 decisions a day. Now, only 70 of those are conscious decisions. So when you really think about that as entrepreneurs, and especially given the marketing world, you know, walk into Times Square and it's like attention overload, right? All the messages Mm -hmm. come at us. I think entrepreneurs sometimes feel like they're standing in Times Square looking around going, "Uh, uh, uh, I don't even know where to start. So the first thing I want to recommend people to think about is just invest 15 minutes every day with yourself identify what are your three not negotiable activities today? What are three things that will move your business forward? What are three things that will get you closer to those goals? I'm quite a visual person and I imagine some of Mm -hmm. the people listening might be similar. And so what you can't see behind uh, the camera is I have all of my goals listed and they become like a decision filtering system. So if I'm tempted to go play on Instagram and see people's beautiful travel porn, which I love looking at people's travel (laughs) pictures, I have to ask myself, is that really going to help me move my business forward or is that just me allowing distraction in my life? And so if you want to Mm -hmm. stay more focused, you certainly need to schedule time for play and recovery, especially as entrepreneurs. But you want to think about what are your biggest, most important goals and what are you doing every day to advance those? Because there'll always be admin, there'll always be email, there'll always be Zoom calls, there'll always be so many conference attendance requests and networking events and all the things that you could do. But what will really move your business forward, just one 15-minute appointment a day, a strategic agreement with yourself that says, what's my three non-negotiables? That's how I start every single day. Now, you may want to spend a few minutes at the end of your day and say, how did I do with that? You know, because I feel like we have to be accountable as entrepreneurs. It's really challenging because if you are a corporate employee at any point, chances are you had a boss. So you had to deliver on the agreements that you had in place. You probably had performance reviews. You probably had annual reviews. And with entrepreneurs, it's like, hmm. 
we're like accountable to ourselves. So something that I set Mm -hmm. up very early in my entrepreneurial journey was establishing accountability partners. I have a wonderful partner who I adore called Tamsin. Every Monday I send her my goals of what I'm going to achieve in the week, personal and professional. And on Friday I send her my update, how did I do? And, you know, sometimes I'm scrambling on Thursday night to try and get things crossed off my list because I don't Mm -hmm. want to disappoint her. I, I told her I would do something. And so maybe people listening, if you want to know what to focus on, do some crazy brain dump of everything that you want to get done and then consider, do you have an accountability partner or an executive coach or someone who could help you be accountable for that? Because it feels so good when you cross things off. And it is also my belief that public accountability drives private accountability. So as an entrepreneur, if you tell someone that you're going to get something done, you're more likely to do it. If you just say to yourself, yeah. well, I think I'll post on social five times this week, but you don't tell anyone, but you're, the people who are connected to you expect you to show up because you've created a pattern with them, will build some accountability. Maybe you say to them, you can expect a newsletter from me once a week, or you can expect to see a video on YouTube every Monday morning, but tell them because it'll drive your behavior as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Does that help? That's a great point. I think everybody needs a coach and or an accountability because we we tend not to want to disappoint those people. So we yes. want to like perform for them yes. and it, it works brilliantly. Any oh. other tips when people are faced with, I call they're being shit on. You should do this. You should do a podcast. You should post yes. five times on social. You should like all that. That's okay. the Stop stuff that's- shitting on yourself because that's just yeah. repulsive. Like just don't be doing it. <laughs> And should is someone else's expectation, not your own. So I, wherever possible, eliminated that word from my language many, many years ago. It's so easy, though, to look at someone and go, they're doing such a great podcast. They're so cool. I should do a podcast. Or you look at someone's newsletter and you're like, oh, it's so sexy. I need to do a newsletter. Or you watch someone Mm -hmm. like Joey Coleman, who has like one of the greatest books on customer experience. I saw he was one of your guests on episode 16. People definitely want to listen to that. But like Joey yeah. has this beautiful model, this great book. He's fabulous on stage. And then you're like, I want to be like Joey. Well, here's the thing. You're not like Joey. You're not like me. You're not like me. You need to be like you. I love being on podcasts. The idea of managing my own literally gives me hypes. So I was like, yeah. Neen James, podcasting, yeah. absolutely not, right? So I know that's <laughs> not a modality for me, but I love being a guest. But let me turn the camera yeah. on and shoot a little video and say g'day. Easy peasy. Easy peasy, right? So don't think about what people tell you you should do or what the latest, sexiest thing is. It's what you will do consistently, right? It's something that is easy for you. If it's easy for you to write, then put a newsletter together. Best newsletter that I look forward to, like a newsletter I actually look forward to, Anne Handley has the best marketing, one of the best I've ever read. Every other Sunday it drops in my inbox. I make my little cup of matcha. I sneak out early to just read and have my time with Anne. It's called Total Anarchy. Genius, genius newsletter. Love it. But it's like she and I are just sitting there drinking matcha together. She writes in a beautiful way. She's a genius writer. Sometimes I look at Anne and I'm like, I want to be good like Anne. I want to be able to write (laughs) words like Anne. I'm not Anne. She has a bazillion years of experience. So we can't think about what we should do. We can think about what we could do and we can be consistent. Just choose something that's going to work for you. Like social media, if you love social media, Choose the platforms your clients like to play on 
get to know those. So I play on Instagram because I do a lot of work with luxury, luxury travel, luxury hospitality, and a lot of media. And so when I'm working with those clients, I get to connect with them super easy. Instagram's easy for me, right? Yeah. And other platforms, I'm like, oh, do I have to post to, you know, this particular platform? If it's not easy for you or you don't super love it, either outsource it, right, or just decide, I'm just going to focus on this platform or this platform. I primarily do Instagram and LinkedIn because I'm a corporate girl. I'm corporate in luxury space. So choose where your people love to play and then go play there. And make sure it's a hell yes, right? Because I know that if it's not a yes, it's it's a no. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Now, I think what happens though, sometimes... You feel, and I've done this about a bazillion times for full transparency, like, oh, think, oh, this is a good idea. Let's do that. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Or I start to resent it or I don't look forward to it. So your heart's not in it. Therefore, the quality of the end product won't be there. So don't commit too much too publicly too soon. Think about doing marketing, for example, as a pilot right? So I'm going to see if I can show up for myself 30 days, just one month in August, I'm going to post on Instagram every day. And you you play a game with yourself. Let's see if I can do it, right? If the end of August and you say, okay, I'm kind of liking this. I'm starting to have great in- engagement with people. And who cares what your numbers are? Don't be worried about the followers. Just engage yeah. with the people you have. If you get to the end of August and go, that was kind of fun, Let's give it another go. Pilot another 30 days. But don't just say to the whole world, oh, Instagram's where I'm going to be every single day. I'm going to do a live every day. I'm going to do this. Mm-mm-mm. Don't set yourself yeah. up for that. Start yeah. small. That's a great tip just to do a pilot project for 30 days. Yeah. Uh, I, that's that's what I did with the podcast. I tried it for 30 days and fell in love with it and ready to rock it for the rest of the year. So um, I, I think it's less overwhelming too because instead of thinking, Oh, I, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Like, this is the one I'm going to do, right? And then you're like, Pilot you end up hating it, not doing it. permission to change it. In my corporate yeah. career, I learned I could get away with anything if I called it a pilot. So I would say to my boss, I just want to pilot this new program for 30 days. Or I just want to pilot this for 90 days. And then at the end of the 90 days, we'll review the success of it or we'll decide to fund it or defund it, whatever was required. But thinking about that, give yourself permission to pilot anything because if you treat it like a pilot, you won't be as attached to the outcome. You will be more Mm -hmm. open to making some changes. It's not set in stone what we do. That's the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is you get to choose. Jay Bayer, I think, is one of the best marketing minds that I know. And he has an enormous amount of fabulous best-selling books. He's a great speaker. He's always publishing research. But he's constantly looking for new trends, innovation. One of the things I loved is Jay decided he really wanted to learn and from people who were exceptional in their craft. So he created mm-hmm. a podcast called Standing Ovation, one of my favorites. Yep. And He was hanging out with people learning and it was a forum he made so easy for all of us. He's so good with podcasts. He's done, he has quite a lot of them. But I just thought to myself, it was genius because he thought, this is some people I want to play with. This is people I want to learn from. He went out, he interviewed them, and we all get the benefit of that. His genius marketing mind exposed to the world. So, you know, do something small. But I think he probably started as a bit of a pilot and started naming his fans and doing all the right things. Pretty much anything Jay Bay attaches turns to gold. So he's a really cool person to watch and engage with. Yeah, I spend a lot. I invest a lot of my time in listening to his podcasts. They're brilliant. He's a great mentor for that. Yeah. Yeah, he helps uh, create awareness for certain brands that I'm like, now I 
you know, I'm a dyad fan. Um, <laughs> so, so can you share this story? Cause this is one of my favorite stories that you've shared many times before, but because I have children, it resonates even more. Ah, with me. Your little boy yes, who yes. he taught you the lesson of <laughs> how to really focus your attention. So, uh, I don't have children of my own, but when we uh, moved to the U.S., we moved next door to this amazing American family. And so I was sitting in their kitchen. Eileen is the mom of these three boys. So um, Donovan, the youngest, was five. He, <laughs> he and I were debating, <laughs> like, who is cooler? Is it Superman or Batman? And I don't know if you've ever debated with a five-year-old, but, like, both of us were quite opinionated in what we thought. And Eileen and I were just trying to have a cup of coffee, like an uninterrupted cup of coffee, although if you have a five-year-old, you know how well that goes. But he kept inserting himself into the conversation. He kept asking me questions like, me, do you like to play outside or in? I mean, I, I don't know, outside. And he'd say, mean, cats or dogs? I don't know, Donovan, cats. And he got sort of annoyed because he didn't think I was listening and he was like, mean, Obi-Wan or Yoda? Well, of course. Oh, my God. I mean, that's a stupid question, right? And then he got so mad. He stomped his little feet and he was like, Neen, you're not listening to me. Oh, God. I was rolling my eyes. I was like, Donovan, I was listening. This is your question. This was my answer. He got so mad. He jumped in my lap. He grabbed my face in his tiny little hands. He turned it towards him and he said this, Neen, listen with your eyes. Wow. It took a five-year-old yeah. to remind me, we don't just listen with our ears, we listen with our eyes, we listen with our yeah. heart, we listen with our soul. And now more than ever before, we have realized what is important to us, that we need mm -hmm. to pay attention to our health, to our loved ones. We have been given this gift of reassessing the lifestyles that we used to have, the goals mm -hmm. we used to aspire to. We've had an opportunity as a planet to reframe that and think, hmm, is this what I want to do? Is this a good use of my time? Is that person worth spending time with? And so I'll never forget that that amazing lesson of Donovan. And uh, if you have a look at the book Attention Pays, you'll see that Donovan makes a star appearance there. There's a whole oh, chapter that's great. with your eyes. But I mean, at the core, that is the that is like when you boil it all down, that is it because we live in such a distracted world and you just think oh well i can i can listen to the tv i can listen to my son talk i can you know type on my laptop at the same time listening to a podcast it's just no you can't you've got to put the, down the gauntlet and you have to decide what's important who's important and yeah. what you're all about right yeah, I think too, we sort of wear multitasking like a badge of honor. We're like, oh, I got this. I can do the 50,000 things. But then you realize you miss a deadline. You have emails still in your outbox. You take, you miss the exit on, on the freeway. You know, you forget to pay a bill. There's so many ways that are showing us that we're not paying attention. And it actually costs us not to pay attention, by the way. Yeah. But the other yeah. thing that's interesting is, when you think about the way the brain works, and so rather than give you a big lesson on brain, you can find about it in the book. Let me shortcut it for you. <laughs> that is that there is some research out of California that says it takes on average the brain 23 minutes to switch tasks. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Really. If you're driving in your car and you're like, what did she say? Yes, 23 minutes. Now, think about the fact we can't even complete a full sentence in our brain sometimes because we're so thinking about everything else. And we're yeah. like 
on our devices, got our laptop on, have the television on, have some music in the background. We've got a book open that we're reading and there's probably 15,000 tabs open on your computer. Every time you ask your brain to do something, it's like opening a new tab on your computer. So I wonder how many tabs you have open right now. But what's fascinating about the brain and your attention is the moment you write something down, your brain goes, hmm, she's got that. Okay, that's safe. But the moment you cross it off, your brain gets so excited, gives you a little shot of dopamine, like a little high five from your brain. Yeah, you, you did something. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone listening right now and they maybe you do what I do, and that is you'd be willing to tell me that you write things on a to-do list just so you can cross them off, right? I bet you'll be there. Yes. People on, yes, right, you do it. And so love it. the reason we do it is we, we crave completion. We want satisfaction. We want to know something we did today mattered. So that's why yeah. it. it makes sense, right? But the multitasking thing, I don't care what you've read. I don't care what you think. I really don't. It doesn't work. And bless you for trying because we as entrepreneurs think it's the only way we can get things done. My request of you is, I know you're going to multitask. I'm not deluded to think you're not. But I just want you to think, if you have a human that you love in front of you, is that the best time to multitask? So one Mm -hmm. easy thing you can do is put away devices if you have someone in front of you that you really love, right? Because another research piece that I did for the book, we discovered that when a cell phone is on the dining table of two people, there is less trust because the person on the other, if it's my cell phone, Pia says, well, is she waiting for a call? Am I not yeah. enough to spend time with her? Yeah. yeah. So we have to be really careful of the signals we send. So for me, if I was meeting with a client, you won't see any technology out. Like I make mm-hmm. sure everything is in my bag. And so when we go back to meeting in person, when that happens, Think about putting your devices away before a business development call. If you're getting into an elevator, turn it off as you get into the elevator. Turn it back on when you get out of the elevator. Like Mm -hmm. don't sit in the reception area of your potential new client there on your phone because you don't look like you're anticipating meeting them. All of these send signals in the world. This is all marketing. It's not just about Mm -hmm. digital marketing. It's also about physical marketing. It's about your attention Mm -hmm. is a gift to share with people to say, you are important to me. You are worth my attention. I want to share with something that might be worth your attention as well. But you have to give that attention first. It reminds me of uh, that that one person at a networking event that is always looking around to see if there's someone more important to talk to drives me insane. Right. Yes. Or they look at your name tag and they're like, well, you're nobody. So then they like go and try and find someone much more important. I mean, that's vomitous. Don't be, do not be that person. I think when it comes to networking events, one thing to consider is it's not about quantity, it's about quality. And so you can Mm -hmm. have one or two phenomenal conversations with someone. And this is spoken as an absolute extrovert, by the way. I walk into a room, I assume everyone wants to play with me. I can't wait to meet everyone, right? My husband is the exact opposite, which is why we've been married for 32 years. It's so complimentary. So it doesn't really matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert, but if you are an introvert, chances are, Business development in groups of people is not your favorite thing to do. So when it comes to marketing your business, do more Zoom, more one-on-ones, more smaller groups Mm -hmm. where you bring people together rather than try and walk into a luncheon of 200 people and hang back and go, oh, this is all just too hard. 
So design your marketing activities around your personality and your likes and your communication style because you'll still have phenomenal results, but you'll do it in a way that serves you. That's the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur. You're at choice. You get to choose. Mm-hmm. I love that I can do what I love with people I love in places I love. All You are one lucky girl. Let me tell you. I've been doing this a long time. Let's be honest. Like in the early days, that was not my reality because I had bills to pay, right? And so if you're new in your entrepreneurial journey, yeah, there's going to be really foul stuff that you're doing and you can't afford to pay other people to do stuff. I get that. I totally get that. And because of a global pandemic, it has changed what people can and can't do, what they want to afford and what they need to afford. And so... You know, wherever you are listening to this right now, you're in the perfect place. It's not too late to rebuild something. It's not too late to Mm -hmm. change something. You get to choose that. That is one of the privileges of having your own business. It's also one of the biggest pressures of having your own business. Yeah, it's kind of a catch-22. So I have a personal story to share with you, Neen, because I follow you on Instagram, and I knew you before you moved to Tampa, right? Yeah. You moved to Tampa? Yeah. yeah. And so um, I'm from the Virgin Islands, St. Croix, born mm-hmm. and raised, and I miss the sun. I live outside wow. Seattle and we get, you know, very limited sun. So I'm looking at your post and I'm just like, there's something missing in my life. <laughs> and it's something that Neen has that I don't have. And that was like, just that that sunny disposition and the sunshine at like you're on your boat or you're like out and you're like yeah near the water and I'm like it was so so I bought a house in Florida yeah in Sarasota because oh, I think this pretty. this ties everything back to what is important what is important yeah. it's it, my, it, it's important to get sunshine which helps me become more confident and happy yeah. and I can spend time with people that I love. So. so I'm so happy for you. When my first, when my husband first asked me to move to Florida, I was like, absolutely not. And yeah. you know, if you're a Floridian, don't listen to this next thing I'm about to say. Um, <laughs> besides the fact that I think Floridians are crazy, like cuckoo, cuckoo, crazy. Uh, but when he said move to Florida, I was like, absolutely not. Everyone is old. They die there. That's where old people go. And he was like, no, it's a, and I was like, Mm-mm-mm. and it took me, it took him easy two years for me to even consider because all I cared about was a major airport because pre-COVID, yeah. I would spend multiple days on a plane because my role is to stand in ballrooms around the world and chat to audiences or at a board mm-hmm. table for a major corporation. But we love it. It's one of the best decisions we ever made. I absolutely love Tampa. Sarasota is gorgeous fabulous beaches yeah beautiful hotels restaurants there are great like there is just something lovely about having sun on your skin waking up and seeing palm trees it's like being permanently on vacation yeah that's awesome so we live now in seattle and sarasota so we get the best of both worlds but what is your favorite what is your favorite thing about florida i'm just curious Hmm. what what was like your most surprising thing and where we moved to we bought a house on a lake which sounds like very decadent so like it's not supposed to sound it's just that it's like there's a lot of places in florida where they build estates around a lake just for the record yeah i love that i wake up and see water so the back of our house is all glass we have like an l-shaped house so 
no matter where mm-hmm. I look, I either see the pool or I see the lake, which is lovely. So I think for me, it's the lifestyle. And literally palm trees, palm trees make you feel like you're on vacation. So the lifestyle here, Absolutely. I was an East Coast girl, originally from Sydney, but I lived on the East Coast for most of my time living in the US. And it's hustle, 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 time is money, go, go, go. And it was always on a yeah. And then Florida, you're like, okay, like, it's so fun. It's just a different mojo here. And so And I love that my husband is so happy. We retired my husband in the middle of COVID. And he's Oh my God, I retired my husband in the middle of COVID. That's funny. (laughs) Retirement looks so good on my Andy. And so he's fishing and doing all the things. And so one of the best things we could have done. And these are lifestyle choices we all make. So maybe you have aspirations as you're listening to this or thinking about one day I'd like to do this. Then I love to have visuals. I still have like visuals that I put together my bucket list when I was 22. And over the years, even though I sound like I'm five, I am like in my 50s. And so (laughs) crossing things off that list has been really exciting to me, but I always wanted to live like on water like this. It's just so funny the way things work out. So if you have aspirations, definitely work towards getting them. Yeah. And definitely, I highly encourage a vision board. (laughs) Yes. Whatever works for you. I love seeing things that remind you why you work as hard as you do. Absolutely. One final question I'm curious about, who is your role model for Mm Neen James? Who's like your inspiration? So it's not one. Like if I was naming people I super admire, some of my girl crushes are like Brene Brown because she's super smarty pants, researcher, genius presenter, adores her husband, phenomenally transparent. So one of my goals in life is to hang out with her. And I imagine at some point we will share the stage. So she, Mm -hmm. for me, from a thought leadership point of view, being able to take a topic and truly change the world with it, Brene Brown is absolutely that. My very first mentor in speaking, one of my dearest friends and now a business partner, I adore him, we've been friends forever, is Matt Church. And he is one of the greatest thought leaders on the planet. And he even created a community called Thought Leaders Global. And so I love, he is someone that I look to for the way to think, to think bigger. Mm. In the speaking Mm. world, there are so many role models that I have. Look at Jeannie Robertson, who's in her 70s, who's still one of the hardest people I've ever met. And she's on the road and she's doing tours from her rocking chair now. If you do not know who Jeannie Robertson is, Pia, please put something in the show notes about her because she's genius. So I have different role models for different things. You've already heard some shout outs for Jay Bayer for marketing and Andy for you know, writing. Michael Barber is one of the most brilliant marketing minds I know, especially around email marketing. He's a genius. So I have all these people that I look to and I seek their wisdom. And I think that's a good approach for all entrepreneurs, not just having one role model, but yeah. a role model. JJ, Jennifer Jacobs is a, is a friend and my trainer and one of the best trainers on the planet. So have people that you aspire to emulate, not copy them, but to take what they're really good at and put it in your own life. Yeah. And I'll have links to all those people that you just mentioned. Yeah. that I love love them. Yeah. 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 And I think, and then just ignore the rest, like decide who is your inspiration for your business or your health and just focus on those people and it'll be so much easier. Right. And social media feed, just call the feed, just only follow people that inspire you. If anyone makes you feel bad about yourself, unfollow, delete, mute, do not allow that energy in your life. 
Well, I'm lifting a glass of champagne and cheers to you. I so admire you. Thank you for being on the show, Dean. Oh, what a privilege. It was so fun to hang out. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.